Hey everyone, welcome to episode number 44 of the Lift Free and Diet Hard podcast. I brought you guys Ben Mudge today. Uh, ben and I recently collaborated on a Teen Nation article. We're going to get a little bit more into that. And as always, I'm your host, Andrew Coates. I'm glad that you guys tuned in again this week. It was my our intention to have you last week before the Jordan Syed episode. That got buggered up a little bit, but we managed to make it work. So I'm really glad to have you on here. Thank you very much for having me. Appreciate uh, it. Good. And if anybody can't tell, that's a Northern Irish accent. Ben's from Belfast. It is, it is indeed, yeah. And uh, if you're listening to the audio, I can't suggest enough going and check out Ben's Instagram because with the article that we did, let's just put it this way. I made you do the videos. You got this kind of like Thor, Chris Hemsworth thing going on. So people will get a, a great kick out of all that. And of course, a little bit about you from what I've been able to glean anyway. Uh, you're an online coach. You know, you are a prolific creator of media, which is a polite way of not calling you an influencer. <laughs> right. And of course, as I mentioned, Belfast, Northern Ireland. And uh, you also feature your battle with cystic fibrosis prominently in your media. So I'm going to come back around. I want to ask a little bit about that. But my listeners know that I don't ask for a lot of origin stories. A lot of the guests, they, they tell them all the time. But you may be a little newer, despite your big, big, big following and your pretty little blue check mark on your Instagram, you may be a little new to some of my followers. So can you tell me a little bit about, you know, early parts of your career or the fundamental parts of your career, how you came to international prominence, because you do have that big following and how cystic fibrosis plays into your career in life? Yeah. So cystic fibrosis has been obviously a huge part of my life. Whilst I like to I've always said it's just a part of me. I don't like it to be my be all thing because, you know, I just don't think it deserves that, that amount of spotlight, to be honest. But I cannot lie and say that it hasn't played a huge role in my life. Uh, the reason I got into the health and fitness industry is because I tried to do a career that CF basically stopped. Um, so I spent four years studying media studies, got into some work within the film and TV industry over here, which fortunately is booming at the time. So I worked in the first season of Game of Thrones, no which shit. at the time, the time no one knew what it was. Like very, very few people. I actually stood and chatted to George R. R. Martin, not knowing who he was. I knew he was the author, but I was like, I don't, I don't know who this guy is. Um, so yeah, basically on that on that job, and then a couple of other smaller ones, I realized that my health was not being prioritized. And fortunately, unfortunately, I lost a, a friend when I was very young. So I, I, I kind of got eliminated that, that idea, you know, that young men, young people have that you are invincible. That was gone, thankfully, because that, that was a, a huge lesson for me. Unfortunately, I had to learn it in the way I did. But to me, I always think there's like a, a certain positive thing you can take out of a lot of negatives. And for me, that was it. Uh, I realized that I need to prioritize my own health. And unfortunately, that meant stopping something that I had spent a lot of my life building to and thinking this is going to be my career. Um, ended up having a conversation with an extra who's playing a warrior, great shape. And we just got chatting and I said, so what do you do? Like, how do you, how can you just be here on a day off? Like, what is your job? And he told me about personal training. I had no idea what that was, to be honest. Um, told me all about it. Fast forward, I got into the industry, started working, absolutely loved it. You know, it was a way for me to prioritize my health. It was a way for me to help other people, which is something that just naturally comes to me. And I, I, it gave me such a sense of strength and confidence that I lacked so much throughout my childhood years because I was always different to all my friends. Like in, in this way that, you know, externally you maybe couldn't see. I was a bit skinny. Well, a bit. I was very skinny. <laughs> you know, otherwise you wouldn't have known I had what I had. So it was this uh, thing that I carry with me. And that's where the affinity with superheroes all comes from, but we can we can talk about that later. Um, so yeah, the, the fitness industry was the best decision I ever made. Um, you know, for, for me personally, in terms of how my life has gone and my health and everything, but then the effect I've been able to have on other people by simply sharing my story, especially my story with cystic fibrosis has been phenomenal. I mean, I, I truly can't put into words how amazing it feels to get messages from people from all over the world just saying what you do is giving me hope for my brother my sister my son my daughter my you know auntie what whatever it is by me just doing what i think is 
necessary for me to have a long, healthy, and most importantly, fun life. That is, it's incredible. It's such a cool feeling knowing that I'm not having to put on any act again, the Thor thing aside. Um, I'm just doing what I think is, is, you know, the situation calls for. And the fact that people can take inspiration from that is, it, yeah, it's incredible. Um, That's kind of true of what we do in general, but yours takes it to a, another level altogether. You know, what you just described, it, it's not untrue of your average everyday person. We look around in our society and we have, you know, a society that, I mean, it sounds a little cliche, but, you know, over the course of several decades, our society has grown un- less healthy. Let's say that much. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's had a lot of complex interactions with the chaos of the last year to boot. Yeah. And we, people in your, my position, and I think a lot of the people listening understand that a lot of the stuff that drives keeping you healthy, fit, whatever you define it as, has to come from within. It has to be an internal locus of control thing. We share a lot of messages about it. You know, like words like yeah. empowerment sound almost a little bit fluffy, but they're true. If we can inspire or encourage someone to say, well, let's get out of the victim mindset and blame all these other reasons why we can't do it. You know, yeah. if you have a challenge that your everyday person does not possess in, in CF. And maybe it could be a little bit of a nudge to say, you know what? Hey, listen, I don't have an excuse. And language like, oh, no excuses, you know, almost becomes politically incorrect these days. But yeah. I push back a little bit at that. I, I still believe that virtually everyone, and sure, there will be exceptions, but virtually everyone can, in some way, shape, or form, be more active, which is going to have positive physical and emotional well-being effects throughout your life. It'll cascade... I often talk about how getting very serious about the jib in my early twenties, you know, I'm 43 now. So, you know, we're talking about two decades worth of a journey was what led to a career in, in fitness, which has been one of the most rewarding, incredible things I could have ever imagined. Yeah. I've seen the same thing happen for you. And I know the power of getting involved in fitness. And that's one of the reasons why I'm so passionate about saying, listen, like we need to get more people boots in gyms or whatever, form of physical activity works for them so but cf that, that's that raises the stakes a little bit but it's i guess for you it's not just about cf it's anybody who has something that makes it more physically challenging to do this stuff whether it's mf uh, ms or any number of other sort of things like that I, i'm sure you probably have talked to people who have different yeah yeah, that's the thing. Like, I, I get a lot of messages from people who don't have CF, who just have a, another random illness, from, you know, insert random illness that they maybe, you know, that, that whole victim mentality you touched upon, that, that's something that really strikes a, a, you know, a core with me because it is super easy. And I always joke about this. If bitching and moaning and complaining, feeling sorry for myself, cured CF, I would be in that corner crying, bitching and moaning because, you know, that's what it would get to get it done, but it's not. That's the reality of the situation. It's not going to do anything for me. Plus, I'd be a miserable prick to hang out with, which is, you know, that's the whole point of life is enjoying it and having fun with people you love. So, yeah, I don't want to be a drain. Um, but, yeah, the victim mentality, it's very, very easy to slip into. And it does take almost a, unfortunately, with most people, it takes a pretty catastrophic or huge event in their life to get out of that position. It takes their parents, you know, to have a heart attack because they've led the lifestyle that they've been leading. It takes them to be hospitalized because of something that happened because of their health. It's always these massive moments. And in all fairness, that, that same thing happened to me. You know, I, I grew up very healthy with my cystic fibrosis. My parents did such a, an amazing job um, in a time that, you know, the 1990s, I was born in 1990, same, actually 13th of March. So but yeah, same, same birthday. Right, we share a birthday. That's right. We do indeed, yeah, I remember that. Um, so, you know, the, the information back then was so poor, but my parents gave me such a good basis to go off of. But the real thing for me was whenever I got hospitalized for the first time with a chest infection when I was 18, I actually spoke about this recently as well. There was a young man who had CF as well. We were in the CF ward. We all have separate rooms because cross-infection with CF is a thing just to get that awareness out there. People with CF shouldn't really interact. Chances of bugs catching each other's bugs and then, 
becoming antibiotic resistant, huge threat. But this guy, he was there was a noise, and I was like, "What the heck is that noise?" I was in my room, and I could hear this like metallic. It sounded like a machine making this noise. I was like, "What the heck is that noise? It's so random. Like, it's not going. It's not going off at a certain time." And whenever the doors open, when when one of the doctors or nurses was coming in to see me, his doors open across the road, and I could see he was producing this noise this inhuman noise that I, I didn't think a human could possibly make that type of noise. And he, he was, he looked like he was on death's door. And I mean, he was balding. He was, you know, his posture was so poor. And I just, I, I remember asking one nurse, just like, oh, how old is that guy? And she was like, oh, he's 27. At that time I was 18. I was like, he's only nine years older than me. Like that, that's what my life could potentially be and that scared the sh- I don't know if we're allowed to swear but it scared the hell out of me it scared me so much that I thought like you know what anything I can do to ensure that you know again life is weird life is random things can happen that you have no control over but the things that I have control over what I put in my mouth what I do with my body and my mind the decisions I make those are all mine and if I can make positive decisions for a long time, that hopefully will not be the outcome for me. And that that was the kind of turning point for me in my health and fitness that got me out of that victim mentality. Um, again, do you dip in and out of that? Yeah, sometimes, you know, whenever stuff happens and, you know, we're not we're not standing here on top of our podiums being like, oh, well, we're, we, we've gotten rid of that completely. No, we haven't, but we can identify it very quickly and then assess because of previous experience, this does not work for me. Let's move forward. So that, that's a big one. I think you're 100% right about that, this victim mentality and no excuses. I've never used my CF as, a, as an excuse to any of my clients. I've never said, oh, well, if I can do this with CF, you can do this too, because everyone is so individual that you can't just, you know, copy and paste this one blurb that's going to work for everyone because everyone has different stresses. Everyone has different priorities. There's a multitude of things that factor into that, you know, not being... Yeah, super accurate, but sometimes, yeah, you know what? Excuses are only as great as you make them. Um, so, yeah, I really I really resonate with, with that. Um, I had a couple of thoughts, and then just my <laughs> brain completely wiped. Just What I hope people will do is I'll go and actually check out your media because you do a lot of video, you talk a lot on there, and just to, to kind of see some of the physical stuff you're doing. And from the outside, if you didn't mention it and it wasn't part of you know your media and, and the, the journey you share, no one would for a second even assume that you had, you know, I don't know what the, the word you want to use is if it's a disorder or if it's an illness or, or whatever. You, you it's weird. It. <clears throat> a genetic condition. Yeah. A genetic condition. That, that's the best thing I can come up with. Illness makes it sound like I'm ill. Totally. Not Ill. But yeah. yeah that, that, honestly, that's like the best compliment I can get is that, oh, you don't look like you've got what you've got. And I was like, well, that's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to like build this essentially a suit of armor, which is kind of what the musculature of the body looks like anyway. I'm trying to build this suit of armor around my body, but also around, like so that people can see that I've put in the work that, you know, muscle is one of those things that you can't cheat to get it. Like you have to put in the work, regardless of whether you're natural or that you're not, you still have to work. So to me, like it's the ultimate sign of, right, this person respects their body. This person does what they need to do. And for me, on a very personal level, like this is specific to me, this represents my hard work. This represents strength that I previously thought would never be my thing. Like the funny thing is, you know, Thor is the person I get compared to the most, but the person I resonate the most with is Captain America. Like 100%. Like there's a line in that film where, you know they're talking about a, you know a man who's known strength all their life doesn't appreciate it whereas a weak man who then gets strength will appreciate it forever and that is so true like i still marvel at the fact that i am where i'm at today because of all those decisions that i've made to this day you know the, the, this the small skinny kid who never got picked for any sports teams that mentality is still very very present in my mind and I hope he never goes because it gives me so much appreciation for the things that I've achieved. Um, I recently went yeah. back and watched Captain America, 
the first Avenger, which first is Avenger. Exactly what you're alluding to in the kind of the history. And it's it's an it's an excellent movie. It's underrated. I think it's yeah. overshadowed by uh, Winter Soldier, which is its sort of direct. And what you just described is perfect. And I think the analogy there is the the time and effort you put into the gym and nutrition has been your own super soldier syndrome. You know, I think most listeners, anyone who's on my media or, or just knows my history knows I'm six foot two and 255 pounds. I'm a big, big human and I'm a fairly lean human at that size. So, and it's, you know, a long journey to build all that as well. So I fully appreciate what goes into that. And there are times when I'm at the gym because I spend most a shocking amount of the time I'm around other humans, I'm in a gym. And therefore, you know, there's other big dudes around all the time. But every once in a while, I'll step out into, say, a, you know, a Costco or a store, or whatever. I look around and I'm just like, holy shit, right? Like, just I, I see the contrast in terms of my physical stature to everybody else. I'm like, oh, <laughs> right? It's sort of this realization. I hope anyone listening, if they're on the fence about putting in that kind of effort, that maybe it's just a little bit of a spark to say, wait a second, you know, you could work pretty, you know, it takes hard work, it takes dedication. I always think the journey is worth it. I love the journey. I, I love every yep. bit of it. Um, I, I have no regrets. And something I posted a little while ago anyway, the time's going to pass anyway. So you, you, you yeah, want to invest in something positive. Yep, 100%. Let's talk about our T-Nation collaboration. So I love shit like this. This, this stuff makes me really happy. And I'm big on abundance mindset, uh, you know, looking at the fitness industry in a collaborative sense, you know, supporting other people. So I remember Jonathan Goodman, who's a good friend from the industry and a big supporter of mine, tagged you and I in a post quite a while ago. And it was the first one of several that he did where it's like five fitness professionals, you know, you should follow. Because I've been doing this sort of thing for a while. So John turned around and did it. And it was Susan Niebergall was one of them. It's slipping my mind who the other two were, but then here's this guy with his blue check mark, 100,000 followers, Ben. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. I'm going to follow him. And so I can't remember, but I think I sent you a message. We you know, got to chatting a little bit and realized pretty quickly your quality. And John had a lot of good things to say about you. And then coincidentally, T Nation turned around <clears throat> and they grabbed a quote of yours and put it in as, as a meme. Now they've been, they do that a lot to me. In fact, my yesterday Instagram post is gay, a T nation meme. And there, there was one a couple of weeks ago, right? So they've been on my stuff recently again. So of course the first thing I do is like, Oh shoot. Okay. So I, I searched T nation and didn't see any articles from you as a, as an author. So I'm like, shit. Okay. So I thought, all right, well, I've just pulled Luca house of into a collaboration article to get him published on there for the first time. And Luca's, you know, fairly legendary figure in our world. And loves and values T Nation. Just you get to a, I think a certain point in your career where you just you're so big and successful and doing so well, you don't go, hey T Nation, can I come write for you guys? Right? Like it's it's a little different than it was where, you know, 15, 10, 15, 20 years ago, where like all the big names in the industry wrote for T Nation. That's how you got your break. Yeah. So in this case, same thing. I thought, all right, let's let's actually collaborate on something because I think it, it wins for everybody. It gets T Nation another like solid known person in the, the fitness realm. You get the writing credit and I've got a collaboration partner to do part of the work on some concept I think will play really well. And mm -hmm. there's another article published on T Nation. Everybody's happy. And as it turns out, now we fucked around for a while. It was a little challenging <laughs> to get it done. It took a while, but we got it. Yeah. I put you up to the videos because you play so well on video. You know, I did most of the writing, but it worked. We're going to do another one again here soon. We've talked about this off air. And T Nation were super happy. And it did really well. They were able to take a lot of the videos individually and also put it out onto their Instagram. Yeah, right? Yeah. So, you know, how do you feel about it? Like, let's let's start there. Like, Dude, it's awesome. Like, I, I've, I've used T Nation. T Nation has always been, like, one of my main places to learn from like i think that's super important as a coach like just from a coaching perspective you should always be learning like if you the moment you stop learning i actually literally was talking about this today i need to start learning again like i need to keep that that train going because again just like everything it's very easy to kind of take your eyes off it for a while and it kind of slows to a stop and you get complacent the one thing i'll always try to do is maintain the fact that i'm no different to anyone else 
like I, I struggle with the same things. I do the same things that other people do. I'm by no means perfect. So I, I'm happily, you know, admitting the fact that I need to, I've let my, my uh, you know, education slip a little bit. So I need to jump back on that. But as I said, T Nation is one of those places that I always look to and have looked to for information about training plans, about nutrition, about, about anything. And then whenever they they shared that quote of mine, I, I, I remember where I was standing in my kitchen. I was just like, holy shit. And I screenshot it and sent it to my friend's WhatsApp group. And I was just like, this has just been shared by T Nation. And, and the two of the guys who trained with me back when we were like teenagers, when we first started looking up T Nation stuff, were like, dude, that's massive. And then you got in contact with me and we started writing. So yeah, it's been... It's been incredible. Every time they tag me and stuff, I'm just like, this is the best. This is so cool. So I hope everybody's listening to this because I big on trying to encourage people to do more with their careers in every way, shape or form. You know, I could have easily assumed, oh, this guy's, you know, got his hundred thousand followers, you know, nah, he's probably, you know, a bit full of himself, influencer type. Nah, not going to bother with this whatsoever. I mean, all of that stuff is completely not the case at all. And Look how it turned out. So I pull you into this, put you, you know, ensure you're in the videos, really make sure you look great. You know, Teen Nation are thrilled. You're excited. We're going to do more of these. Nothing took away from me or my part in this article. You know, I, you know, I, if I'm bringing in people like you and Luca Hosvar, and I've got some more people in the works on this sort of thing under the Teen Nation umbrella. I, I, you know, they're pretty good with whatever I do. They support me a lot. They've been really, really good to me and my brand. So everybody wins. Yeah. Nothing whatsoever like keep negative came from us doing this together and me sharing a platform that I've had. And I, if I write something for them, it's they, they pretty much publish anything I send them now because I also kind of know what they're looking for. So yeah. it didn't take anything away from me. And I hope more and more people look at this and go, you know, I don't lose if I share other fitness professional stuff. Yeah. We now, you know, I've got you on the podcast. We've got this article. Who knows what other cool stuff is going to come out of all this stuff simply because we started chatting and said, let's do some work together. There's no yeah. downside to either one of our careers on this one. No, I agree. And that's, that's the unfortunate thing within the fitness industry is that, you know, we can we can lie about it and say there's no ego in the fitness industry. There is. There's a hundred percent there is. What? However, yeah, like, but the thing is, there are literally billions of people in the world. Like the market is is fine. Like, you know, you working with me and, and you sharing my information, me sharing your information, you know, there's nothing lost there at all, in my opinion. Like the fact that some coaches get so protective over their information, like, oh, this is mine, this is mine to keep, this is mine to give just the people who are going to be working with me. It's very, very narrow-minded and it's not a growth mindset in my opinion. Um, so yeah, I, I love the fact, you know, I, I'm more than happy to connect with people who are driven, passionate, which is decent people as well, which, you know, we fit all those bills, which is great to connect on. And our industry is full of these kind of people. Another person I'm going to get on the podcast in the not terribly distant future is uh, another fellow T-Nation contributor and another Northern Islander, Tommy Morrison. Oh, you, okay, yeah, yeah. Have you have you seen or have you been following any of Tom's stuff? Hopefully, my list is a bit. I don't, I don't follow him, but I'm, I'm actually gonna have. A, he's got he's got this like longer, shaggyish hair, glasses, and he's big, 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 big time into uh, flexibility, mobility, and he's fun. He's charismatic and fun and goofy, and he's a good dude. So you guys, I mean, who knows? It, it would be like you say to me, oh, I know this guy from fucking Canada. You guys would get along great. But, you know, then again, Northern Ireland is a little smaller and probably it's a little. Random story, really random story here. But whenever I was over in Canada, John Goodman brought me over to Canada um, a couple of years ago for a, for a fitness summit. And I was speaking to some guy and he went, oh, I know a guy from Northern Ireland. Blah, blah, blah. I was like, all right, here we go, here we go. And uh, he goes, yeah, his it's, it's name's, you know, I'm not, I'm not saying his name. Do you know him? And I was like, yeah, I actually do. I worked with him for three years in the gym. And I was like, what are the chances of that? And then he actually came to the event. And I was like, what? How small is the world? This is terrifying. But yeah, I just thought that was funny. You know what? That stuff happens. Um, I've got a follower just shared one of my posts. And I'm pretty sure Australian. 
And so then the, she messaged me and says that she'd shared this at what if her, whatever followers, one of her old clients said that she knows me. And so anyway, you know, she sends me a screenshot and it's a, a local girl who used to work with me at the old gym I was at. So this stuff totally happens. It's scary. I'm originally from uh, Newfoundland. So that's the island on the East coast of Canada, far more like Ireland uh, in terms of culture than the rest of Canada. And my, my mom was born in Dublin, right? So Northern Ireland and Ireland are not the same thing, but you know, yes, well done. Well done. <laughs> I, I, I spent a lot of, well, I don't spend a lot of my time explaining that to people, but unfortunately not a lot of people realize that, that they are two different countries. They should, I said this the other day, they should just name Northern Ireland something different, like just to make it easier for everyone. Absolutely. Like, I mean, you, like, let's be honest, you guys have been blowing shit up back and forth over there for a long time, right? Um, yeah. Not to make light of that sort of stuff, but it is what it is. So, yeah. but either way, like, you know, a lot of cultural similarities, especially with Newfoundland and Newfoundland's a fairly small place. So yeah, sure enough, every once in a while, someone's like, oh, do you know so-and-so from Newfoundland? I'm like, well, actually I do. Yeah. <laughs> it's a small, especially St. John, it's a small city. Uh, yeah, I, I love this, this abundance mindset and I really hope more people approach it this way. I think a lot of people... I, certainly I'll get some stuff in my DMs. I get mad amounts of support, like crazy, crazy shares and awesome stuff. But then you get people come in, they're like, hey man, you know, something. And then they're, they're trying to frame an ask for me to support them as if they're somehow giving me value. It's like, hey, we have this product, we have this service. You know, here's a, a 20 minute video on it. Well, I was like, I'm not watching your 20 minute video. I don't have 20 minutes to, to do this, this only to then turn around and like buy something. I, we have no relationship, right? If you want to establish relationships with people in the industry, message people, great, share their stuff, support their stuff. You know, you do enough of that you get on people's radar. Like the people who share my stuff a lot and tag me in it, yeah. I remember their names. You know, I'll interact with them. I know who they are. And from there, if you want to do things, find a way to make something give something to them it's just like me saying hey let's do something for t nation one of the gives is you get to be you know credited published author on t nation wave that around right like where's the downside in that all you had to do is in this particular case is write your portion and get those fucking videos filmed yeah nudge 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 next go around yeah. now <laughs> I know let's go around this will be a lot easier because you're like i'm not screwing this one up yeah no but Go into any interaction you have with anybody else in the industry, and I'm speaking to the listener here, by figuring out how can you give, how can you support someone else? You know, let's say you're trying to develop a relationship with someone like Jonathan Goodman. I wouldn't even try to like aim for that. Jonathan's, you know, in the position he's in, he's a busy dude. There's a whole bunch of things that you and I have established along the way that led to, you know, connecting with John and becoming friends with John. And then John would, has turned around and invested effort in both of us. But if you do want to connect with people like that, then you have to really make sure that they see that you are going out of your way to share and support what they're doing. And one of the big ones is, is showing up at events. Like, you know, John brought you over for an event. I met John in 2018 at uh, the Kansas City Fitness Summit. I talk about it all the time, this event. Love it. One of the greatest things ever. It's how I met half the industry uh, going you know, multiple years to this thing. And in doing so, I met my friend, Tim Arndt, side note. And now Tim is got his own event that he's had in Spokane for the last several years. He needed a speaker. In four weeks, I will be presenting on stage in Spokane, and I'm excited about it. I'm putting a lot of time and effort into prepping for that. So, And this is just by, Tim was a, a, just a regular guy in the audience. He wasn't one of the speakers, didn't know who the hell he was, met him, added him to Facebook right away. And Tim started noticing that my stuff just started blowing up all over the place between the podcast and writing and what have you. And, you know, he just... I kept coming down. I supported his event, went down two years in a row just because I wanted to go down there and check it out and meet people there. And when it came down to it, he's like, man, I want you to present at my event out of all these fucking options he could have chosen. That's how you create career opportunities, not by going, what can other people do for me? You're 100% right. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, it's showing support without necessarily expecting anything in return. Like if I share anything at all from someone I'm not expecting them to repost the fact that I've shared it or message me, but I'm just posting it because I know it's going to be beneficial to the people that I am trying to help, regardless of whether it comes from my mouth or not. If it's going to help people who I am trying to help, awesome. 
And if that, you know, forges a relationship with someone who I think is clearly intelligent and knows what they're talking about, awesome. That's that's cool. I love what you said there. It's it is absolutely I'm doubling down on that. Share without any expectation or entitlement for anything reciprocal, right? It's you're not keeping score in these efforts. If you approach your career with sharing far more than you think you could ever get back, mm-hmm. that's going to turn out really, really well for you. And yeah. I need a career out of sharing and supporting other people's stuff. I can't possibly continue to share enough to make up for just how much the aggregate comes back to me, even when there are definitely some people who I share a lot of their work that don't reciprocate it. But who cares? It's not about that. It's not about the the one-to-one math. It's about the overall effect of this. What you just said, I don't know if you read uh, Seth Godin's The Practice, one of my favorite books. Awesome. The Practice. Oh, it's it's beauty. And he says in there as well, it's, it's share your work without the expectation of, you know, a specific reward. If you get in the habit of always sharing your work without a specific expectation of reward, you don't get emotionally married to any particular social media post or article or podcast that doesn't do well. But if you keep doing it over time, the positives that come back to you add up, you gain followers, you gain listens, you gain readers, and that turns into something bigger and bigger. Even if individually certain things don't do well. If I quit every time I had a post that didn't share well, or people didn't respond to, I'd have given up on Instagram a long time ago. I just kept doing it every day. And look where we are now. It'll take me a little while to catch your following, but I'm chasing you. Just grow your hair out and carry a hammer around. It's easy. (laughs) I probably would do better with, so speaking of Game of Thrones, I'd have to grow my hair out longer and grow the beard out longer and then just do the whole Tormund Giants Bane sort of thing. I was going to say that that, that would, would, or the mountain. He's bigger again. Like He's he's a massive man the, the first season it was actually a different actor as well and that dude was Matt Conan Stevens maybe yep, you're right three different actors at different points played him and yep. um Hafthor Bjornsson was the third actor and they, they settled on him yep. he his wife now his girlfriend is from uh, Fort McMurray a nearby community nearby city to Edmonton's four hours north of here mm-hmm. he was in town promoting his vodka. So a lot of my fitness friends who they worship him, they showed up and got their pictures with him. And we're talking about big, big guys. And the pictures, it's just, it's astonishing the physical stature comparison. He made some really big people look, look itty bitty. Yeah, it, it's it's terrifying. The, the, I remember the the images like in my head. It was during the summer. It was the first actor that Conan Stevens guys who was massive, like huge, not the same Stature's Thor, like Thor's a little bit like stockier. I don't know if you call Thor stockier, but you know, he's thicker. Conan was ripped and gigantic. And I remember standing like this in the parking lot, you know, his arms like in a crucifix position. And then three people, one of them on a stepladder, putting on his costume. <laughs> and I remember I just looked across the parking lot and was like, what is that? Like, because I, again, I didn't know what this series was. I was like, who is that and what is he going to do? And that was the day that um, the jousting competition where he chopped the horse's head off. And uh, fun fact as well, if anyone does watch Game of Thrones, in the, any of the close-up or medium shots of the actors, where it's just you know them watching the jousting, they're not watching a horse running up and down the track. They're watching me sprinting up and down the track with a ball and a stick to give them an eyeline of the riders because they weren't going to make the horses run back and forth for those shots. So it was me. Sprinting back and forth on a sand track, which was um, that's pretty exhausting. phenomenal. That is absolutely phenomenal. I'm gonna have so to go back. And, I mean, obviously they edit that out so they can't physically see you, but that is super no. Cool. But know that whatever it's they're watching, it's it's me just belting up and down, and you can see what pace I was going. You know, fairly quickly to give them. The, they were like, I was like, how fast am I doing this? Are we getting like a canter, or a, you know, a gallop? And they're like, just go as fast as you can. And I was like. <laughs> <laughs> all right <laughs> as fast as a horse no problem <laughs> shit i it's, it's cool to think of how small the, this world is like i did you get to meet or at least see sean bean or jason momoa in season I, yes both what um, a what a dirty bait and switch they played in casting the only two actors with any fame or notoriety at the time now we look and we, we kind of know who some of the other ones are 
and they both kill them both off at the end of the first season. Yep. Yep. Meeting Sean Bean was awesome. I'm a huge Lord of the Rings fan. So he's the only one I really knew. Um, I knew Peter Dinklage, kind of. Mm-hmm. Um, but I remember meeting Sean Bean and I was just like, that's Boromir. Like, this is like who yeah. I grew up. My childhood was like watching you and it was amazing. Well, um, for, for me, it goes back even further. It's uh, Trevelyan from Goldeneye. Oh, same, oh. same as well. Yeah. Uh, Goldeneye. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to remember the character's last name, but he was uh, an IRA, a rogue IRA guy in Patriot Games against Harrison Ford. It was Sean something. So that's my first exposure to Bean. And obviously he's gone on to everything. And of course, he's famous for being killed in virtually everything he's ever acted in. Uh, Movies like Ronin, which is fantastic. There's, There's tons more. And then Momoa, so more small world shit. So my my family owns a pub in St. John's, Newfoundland. And one day Jason Moa wanders in there, just hangs out, has a, has a pint. He was, yep. he's shooting a TV show there called frontier. So it's shot yep. in land. So you know, small world shit. Yep. All right. Pivot. Um, the other thing I wanted, I, I love this kind of concept and I've alluded to the fact you've got a hundred thousand followers, you know, you definitely, you know, have that image that draws people in your little blue check Mark. I'll get one one day. And sure. you, you beat, the fitness influencers at their own game. You know, mm-hmm. I can't stand this complaining about the fitness influencers who share bad information. It's again, it's victim mindset. It's like, eh, I want that to go away. Regulate that out of the industry. None of these fucking people are even certified. Nothing's going away short of the type of wholesale censorship yeah. and loss of freedom of expression on media platforms that I'm probably super uncomfortable with in terms of like, idea what that actually means. Because I don't think that's necessarily going to play super well for us. So you, you've done really well in that realm. And instead of complaining about it, you just went out and entertained and shared better information. So thoughts about that? Look, in my opinion, I'm no better than anybody, regardless of my social media standing, regardless of my physique. my brain, not, like Nothing puts me above anybody, in my opinion. So... I, the one thing I've never understood about influencers, yeah, I'm so glad you didn't use that word, by the way, for me. No, you're not. Fitness, fitness influencers, this is who I'm going to kind of target with this. For some reason, they are actively trying to push the people who they're trying to help away from them by portraying this perfect image of their life. Now, whenever I see these people, men and female, male and female, I just think, what, what's your goal here? Are you just stroking your ego? Are you actually trying to help people? Are you, you know, have I fallen into that mindset in the past? Yeah, 100%. But I very quickly realized this is not actually helping anyone but my ego, which doesn't need any help. Like, egos really don't serve anyone any purpose. But to me, it blows my mind that these people are putting themselves in a position that puts them on a pedestal and everyone else beneath them. I wouldn't want to work with someone who's treated me like I was another species to them. I want to work with someone who I know can relate to what I've gone through today. For example, I really, I was, I'd go back for a walk with my dog and I, I didn't have time to make some proper food. So I had a protein shake and I had super noodles, like instant noodles, like not nutritious in the slightest, but you know, who, who eats a hundred percent clean all the time or whatever that means. But stuff like that, when I share things like that, and the fact that my sessions aren't always amazing, and the fact that I just do them because they need to get done, I don't care what motivation levels are at, I just get it done. Those are the things that resonate the most with people from what I've experienced. And I thought, well, that's just me being honest. Everyone kind of wants to put the best foot forward, and that's just I think that's just human nature. We always want to show that we are strong, and I think it comes from like this obviously deep-seated biological requirement of us that we are the strongest we can be any weaknesses in terms of physicalness is a bad thing you know and and we're not cavemen anymore like weaknesses are things that are just yet to be strengthened in my opinion and accepting them and acknowledging them and realizing okay look a lot of other people are feeling the same way about this as me that's a great way of connecting with people who maybe don't share anything else in common with you like people may not like anything else I do but they love the fact that I don't smash and kill all my sessions. <laughs> um, 
So yeah, and again, like most of the information out there, it's, you know, fitness is simple, but it's not easy. And there's a big difference between those things. You know, simple is, yeah, from A to B, but how do you get from A to B? That's that's the that's the part that's hard. And I think people have just, again, what we're talking about at the very start is that we are, as a species, as a, as a race, we are getting, we're not really going in the right direction, in my opinion, like we are getting worse. But again, when you take a big step back and look at it, we are doing what humans naturally do, which is preserve energy. It is not in our biological requirements to expend a load of energy because that doesn't make sense from a survival standpoint. We need to conserve energy. That's what I, I said this the other day. Like I said, oh, I'm having a very energy efficient day, a lazy day. <laughs> I was just being very energy efficient. Um, you know, so we are fighting. We, you know, we are by nature fighting something that is deep seated in us genetically and biologically. So yeah, it's going to be fucking hard. But anything that is worth stress and, and anything that it requires a huge amount of stress, typically speaking, yields pretty damn good results. And without struggle, there's no progression. So yeah, it's, um, it's a big one there. But yeah, it, it, to me, it's important that I teach people simple stuff that applies to them. I don't give them any jargon they don't care about. And uh, I keep it simple for the for basically for me as a as a child or as a as a young man that I would have wanted to see that information because it would have made me feel a hell of a lot better about where I'm at, what I was doing, the mistakes I was making. You know, so a lot of what I post is kind of for a younger me, which makes you relatable. Which means you're doing a better job than again the as you described <laughs> a lot of these these people who create false reality, a false narrative. Yes. And I mean, this is such low hanging fruit and it gets tired to even, you know, say it, but the whole idea that, you know, yeah, social media is, you know, pretty high highlight reel yeah. and you're sitting there comparing your every insecurity, every, you know, thing that, about you that you don't like and that you linger on that no one else even knows about or no one can see, no one fixates on because they're busy worrying about themselves. Just like mm -hmm. you're busy worrying about yourself and all these little things. This is a spotlight effect. Yep. And if most of what you're exposing yourself to is very polished, very highlights in terms of, yeah, like the fitness industry. And I'm yep. not someone who runs around and complains about the fitness industry. There's far more good but you have to pay attention to it. If all you yes. want to do is pay attention to the bad and complain about the bad and be a victim and say, well, this is, this sucks. The fitness industry sucks. Well, that's your narrative because that's all you're exposing yourself to, or that's what you want to believe. Go out mm -hmm. and look for information and people and resources that, that run counter to your narrative and your, your bias. And when you dive into those people, maybe a lot of really cool shit's going to happen. Meanwhile, if all you're doing is following people that make you feel like, well, I'm a failure. I'm not doing it. Okay. Well, go cool. fuck. Stop following them. That's your choice. Yes. That is 100% yep. of your choosing. Yep. And I've said that, you know, if, if people feel any, any negativity because of following me, unfollow me. It's literally a press of the button. Like I, I don't care. Like if, if someone unfollows me and I lose numbers on the screen, fine. <laughs> you know, followers don't pay bills at the end of the day. Well, you imagine someone be like, look at that dashing, long-haired Thor-looking, you know, good-looking human being. That he offends me. I need to, you know, to, to remove him from my view because he's he's too nice. He's sharing good information. I want I want pure narcissism yeah. instead. Yeah, well, you know, people people unfollow me, you know, that's that's their that's oh, their yeah. thing. I don't really lose any sleep over it because at the end of the day, if I'm putting out information that I think is helpful, that's all that matters. And if anything, I'm just refining my followers. Exactly. It's, it's filtering out people that aren't the right fit. It's no different than, you know, clientele that we work with. It's valuing your time and your emotional energy. And if you, and unfortunately, I want to be very thoughtful how I say this, but if we have clients who are in their behavior or their interactions with us, causing us stress and, and a lot of negative emotional energy, we need to guard that for our own well-being, our ability to sustain high-level amounts of work. I mean, you know, especially for you, right? I'm sure that's essential for you. And yeah. to bring the best mood and energy and attitude to all the other clients who are paying for our time. 
So I talk mm-hmm. about that with my clients all the time. And I have over the years, I, I don't like the term firing clients. And when I see fitness professionals waving that one around, especially almost as if they're bragging about it. And for anyone listening, Ben's rolling his eyes because he clearly agrees with me. Like, I don't like that. I don't think that sends the right message. I think that's kind of cavalier and negative, but it's okay to say, okay, this client isn't a great fit for me. And I have had situations where I definitely didn't try to renew or continue to work on that relationship. And sometimes they want to stay and you have to say, you know what, I, I have someone else who I think is going to do a really good job with you because, you know, I think I'm struggling to, to create the right environment that's helping you overcome your struggles. You can own it a little bit, even if you know in your heart of hearts, it's this client who's struggling. Yeah. I still think it's a good idea to take ownership of the situation and say, what can I do differently? What can I communicate differently? How can I shape a better relationship so that way I can help this person become successful? If you approach everything in life, not just clients, but everything in life with life with that attitude, you tend to have better outcomes because then you're saying, hey, I'm responsible. And every time something goes wrong, you will evaluate what you could have done differently. So that way, the next time this scenario happens, maybe you act in a way or shape the, the environment or the relationship in such a way that you don't have a negative outcome. You're being proactive. And if someone is determined to just do shit that's going to cause trouble, you will sleep well at night knowing I did everything I could. My conscience is. Yeah, 100%. And, you know, a big, big part of our job is being problem solvers. Without problems, there's nothing to solve. So, you know, I've said this so many times that the clients that give you problems, air, you know, air quoting here, problems are kind of the best clients for you sometimes. Again, depends on the severity of the problem. But most of the time, the problems that cl- that clients come to you with are bettering you as a coach. You can either go, oh, I fired them because they didn't do this. I'm like, well, maybe you haven't understood, maybe you haven't gotten to their level and understood, okay, maybe they didn't do that workout because it wasn't because they were lazy. It's because they've got stress going on in a part of their lives. That they maybe don't feel confident enough to talk to you about just yet because you haven't opened yourself up. So there's so many problems that could be solved that make you a better coach at the end of the day. Now, are there some people who just, doesn't matter how damn hard you try, are just not meeting you where you need to, you know, you can stand out on the pier and wait for them, but if they don't come to you, nothing can be done. And that, to me, for being a coach and being a pretty empathetic person, that's, that's a hard pill to swallow. But at the end of the day, if, as you said, if you know you've done everything you could have possibly done as a coach for them, you can kind of sleep easy at night because you know at the end of the day this is a this is a partnership so the way i always explain this and i would love to change my my title the way i see it is i'm a pathfinder i someone comes to me and i say right where do you want to go and they tell me where they want to go and i said right well with my experience i know this is the best path for you now i can't walk that path with you but i can guide you and whenever we come to a crossroads on this path which will happen I know the, the best place to go next. And again, this path is going to be full of ups and downs. And the way I always visualize it, I'm very visual when it comes to stuff like this. There's a scene in The Hobbit, the films, where they're stuck in uh, the forest in Fangorn. I think it's Fangorn. No, it's not Fangorn. Um, and Bilbo like, climbs up to the top of the trees and he gets like that f- breath of fresh air. That's kind of like what the path can feel like. That's, at certain times, it feels like you're walking around circles that's when it's great to have a guide, a coach who can be like, look, yes, you may feel like you're very, very lost right now, but just keep going forward. There are going to be parts of this journey that suck. And I make sure that my clients know that from the get-go. This is not easy. There's going to be parts of this that are just genuinely awful, but there's also going to be days that are fantastic. But realistically, you're going to live somewhere in between there. You're going to, most of your time is going to be spent in that link where it's not great, it's not, a, it's not bad, it's just fine. And that's the message I always try to get across that, you know what, life does not always have to be amazing. You don't have to be smashing it, killing it, all that stuff. You just have to turn up sometimes. It's the best you can do. And that was dripping with hero's journey, narrative, you know, Lord of the Rings, Harry Potter, all that stuff, you know, being the guy. Yep. There, there's some important stuff in there. I've talked about it a fair bit and it's not original to me. You, you as the coach, you want to be the guide. You're not the hero of the story. And we talk a lot about the media behind what you've been doing. 
And it ultimately the end of the day is about the client. It's about the person who is plugging in to what we're doing and engaging. And if we're functioning as guides and accessible as guides and relatable, and we're going to go a lot further than, you know, this narcissistic self-aggrandizing, you know, persona that I think a lot of the, when we say fitness influencers with air quotes, kind of the worst kind. And again, I don't like fixating on them. We, We kind of understand who they are and what they are. But it's all, it's, at the end of the day, it's about, I'm big on this whole thing. My presentation is going to be on this. It's pointless to complain about them. You need to get boots in the ring and you need to be part of the solution. And if you're frustrated because you don't have a media following and you have no reach, well, what can you do to change that? What can you do to grow reach? What can you do to have such good ideas and media that people can't help but find you and engage with it? You know, I think that's one of the best contributions we can all make to making our industry better is to compete for the airtime, the eyes and the ears of the people who want quick fixes and simple solutions to complex problems that people really want to help and make a bigger dent in what's currently wrong with the quality of life of our society and the way it's trending. So I think anybody who's listening to this, I hope this entire thing inspires you to say, well, I could do that too, because Ben, like you just said, you sound like you have this charmed existence on social media, but it, it wasn't necessarily, you're just a regular guy, just like anybody else. You just happened to have had some success with this. Yep. 100%. That, that's and exactly what I yep. And I know you'll have a lot more. So I appreciate you coming on. I got to wrap Thanks this up because I've got to, got to get to the gym and, and take care of some clients myself. Anyone listening, I really appreciate you tuning in, taking the time again. Uh, you know, it's the same thing. If you are, maybe your first time listener and you found this through Ben's media. Well, if you like some of the other fitness professionals that we've talked about in the industry, like a Jonathan Goodman, or I just had Jordan Syed on the podcast, many more, check through the library, maybe check out a few more and hopefully I'll earn your subscription and continued patronage. I'll bring Ben back to, he's been nothing short of amazing. Look out for the article that we're going to have on T Nation. If you haven't checked out the one we already have, you can search either of our names on T Nation. You will find it. Ben's great in the videos and, you know, give me a review, a five-star review or, you know, fuck it. If you're listening, you hate it. One-star review. Although I don't think if you would be motivated to give a one-star, you'd still be here at the end of an episode. <laughs> right. And uh, Ben, thanks again, man. I hope you have the best day possible. Everybody listening, uh, stay tuned and I'll have something great for you next week. Thank you very much.